brain's so good. I'm saving mine. It's, it's in my vault, also known as my fridge. It's in your vault? <laughs> yeah, the heavily guarded vault. Yeah, it's Freya. You just have to give her belly rubs and she'll let she in. Oh, it's like the dog from Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like, but instead of a whistle, you just rub her belly. She's like, okay, you can go. Yeah, or it's give her fun. food. I mean, you could have, you know, a weapon in your hand or trying to attack us as long as you give her some food. Even if it's kibble or it's trash, she'll just befriend you instantly. Mm -hmm. She has <laughs> she has no loyalty. I know that she loves me, but she has no loyalty. Yeah, Dingo is the same way. Trash is the way to his heart. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a, a old hamburger wrapper here. You want this? Oh, yeah, my you, God. You, just please go on by. Like, just <laughs> set that down. Proceed to wherever you need to go. Yeah, she would inhale an old hamburger wrapper. Oh, my God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the year-end review special episode of Co-Hops. Uh, we wanted to do something a little different this time and just kind of instead of doing our normal just bullshit talk about stuff uh we're gonna bullshit and talk about different things specific bullshitting yeah it's very specific and targeted this time uh we're gonna have a best and worst of the year discussion and we'll go over our plans for the podcast next year we don't have a beer of the episode this week because we all have a lot of beer in our fridge so we figured we'll <laughs> just uh, drink what we have and uh just kind of i guess mention it when you open a new one uh, Garrett, what are you drinking? Bad Santa. Which is also what I'm drinking. Yeah, so <laughs> accidentally, it <laughs> it's almost a themed episode anyway, but yeah. I did not have any of that. Um, what I have is a throwback, actually. Um, I'll just introduce mine quickly because uh, everybody knows it already because it was um, on on here. Um, is San Juan Island Brewing Company Black Boar English Style Porter, the one that tastes a lot like coffee. Which you uh, you may recognize or remember if you've been listening from our Monster Hunter episode. Yeah. Uh, which the I think was episode. one of our more popular episodes this year. Uh, a number of people messaged me after that episode and were like, yo, Monster Hunter sounds great. Like, I was like, talk, <laughs> talk to Garrett. <laughs> At like, least one person, <laughs> probably two, bought the game because of that episode. Uh, yep. The count is up to four now. I keep a count. There you go. And I have played with one of those people, which was actually last night. So shout out Fantastic. to Chip. <laughs> yeah. Chip, you'll, well, spoiler, I guess, uh, he will be on a future episode. We are, we've already recorded that one. We're, we're recording this one uh, after that, and we're pushing it forward in the release schedule to get it out by the end of this year. Yeah. Kind so. of like the E3 special. But yeah, I am also drinking Bad Santa's by Pelican Brewing. It's a Cascadian dark ale, 7.5% uh, ABV. It's pretty tasty. I like it a lot. It's very tasty, and um, I think I like it. It gets more like uh, cool points from me because the the little pelican with the uh, Oakley sunglasses smoking a cigar <laughs> is just awesome. It's that's just the great. best logo. It's it's oh, a great good. logo with the yeah. Santa hat. You with the Santa hat. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, it's called Bad Santa, but yeah, it's a uh, it's good. I'm not usually a fan of. Uh, dark ales but this one is quite tasty i like it it was bought entirely on a whim because i was at the store like oh what should i buy for rpg night and i was like oh look pelican oh look seasonal release all right that's all i need <laughs> well uh let's jump in here um so i want to begin our year-end discussion with let's say nick i want you to go first great and i, I want to hear what is the best beer that you drank and it does not have to oh. be. It has to be from the entire year, and it doesn't have to necessarily be from the show. 
Oh, that's interesting. Um, so I I was thinking from the show, but I don't think it changes my answer. Um, and I mean, it has to be brains. Bra- brains is good. It's got to be. I think specifically that first brains, the one that we featured, that was like strawberry banana blueberry something like that mm-hmm. um it was so good it was so well balanced um i've also had several other varieties there was a mango cherry that was pretty good it was quite good um i mean they're all great and there is also a black currant blueberry and plum one that's also excellent that i've had since then but i the, think that the first first one... the first one was strawberry blueberry and banana yeah I had to go look at the picture and double check because I couldn't remember. But that <laughs> was a so really good. excellent one. Yeah, it just it tastes like a strawberry banana smoothie, but boozy, and it's but it gets you drunk. It's ah oh, so good. <laughs> so uh, I want to say my favorite, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lead the audience. Um, you have to listen to a future episode because it's our our guest episode. It's the beer we drink with Chip, which I am I'll keep a secret. But uh, as my runner up. I'm going to say um, the apricot beer that we had. Okay, um, the business time. Business time. It nice. was just, uh, you know, if you listen to the episode, I talk a lot about the nostalgia that I specifically have with, with apricots, apricots, whatever. And uh, it, it just uh, struck a chord with me. It was, I think, my best new discovery this year, other than my actual favorite beer, which I'll we'll talk about later um, uh, on which another is... episode. Orders uh, of magnitude harder to find than yeah. this one. Than yeah. Business time. And so bi- business time was my next one. I mean, thinking back to uh, all the ones that we did on the show, that was one of the few that made it to my uh, four can review. <laughs> <It was laughs> there a, you it, go. I easily downed four cans and would have drank a fifth if I had it with me. So it was just delicious. And I really enjoyed the flavors. Um, and I really enjoyed what they did because it was like their they're like limited batch IPA that they were doing or limit, not IPAs specifically, but, um, Colshin was doing, um, yeah, seasonal season, just a bunch of seasonal different, different beers. And so, um, I really, really enjoyed that one. But, um, for the record, my favorite is the beer for the episode. So you'll have to, you'll have to watch out for that episode. Cause, uh, it's a doozy. We'll get it to you soon. I'm going to say that for me, my best beer was had on the episode. I really liked Brains. I really liked the spoiler beer that we won't mention. Um, I did too. But for me, also, that was pretty pretty close second. I think um, looking at our list of beers, for me, I really really liked Combat Wombat, like way more than okay. I ever expected to. Hmm. We only had one can of it, so maybe I just need to like have more of it and and develop more of a taste to to decide. But that one can was so so good. Maybe my favorite. Very close second is the barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout from Kolshin that we had early on, like episode. Oh gosh, was that like five, six, seven, mm-hmm. somewhere in there? That was just incredible as well. It was an experience. Um, it was. Yeah. It was you very know, heavy. It wasn't my favorite uh, flavor. It, it was. It was good. Um, but yeah, it was. It's. It's just an experience. I had a hard time picking for this one. A cheater answer could be Beak Breaker because it's just like my favorite beer, but. I didn't yeah. want to pick that one. Specifically so Beak gonna, Bombs. Yeah, God. Oh, uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to say, if I had to pick one, I'm going to say the Colchon Imperials. That, that'll that be my pick. Um, specifically the Barrel Age version. Yeah, and I actually I actually really like this um, San Juan Black Boar Porter. Um, that is up there as well, um, and it's 
probably my favorite of the more widely available or at least uh, consistently released ones. Uh, as far as things that actually taste like regular beer, which Brains really doesn't. No, no. Brains is super gimmicky and, and it knows it is, but it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I have one next to me. It will be drank later. <laughs> yeah. So we do beer. We also do video games. So why don't we hear about the best video games that we all played this year and extra bonus points if it came out this year. It doesn't have to have, but if it did, bonus points. Garrett, go ahead. Hmm. Do you want me to pick up the... Yeah. Because, cool. well, I mean, it's it's split it's split between two for me. I mean, the obvious, the, the one that's like obvious to everybody is Monster Hunter Rise, right? Because that came out this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I spent, you know, a couple hundred hours, which is a, is huge for me because I usually don't get invested into a game that much. But I'm also kind of equally split with Final Fantasy. Um, if Final Fantasy was anything other than what 14, it was. 14, to be 14, clear for those sorry, listening. 14. The, the, not, not Final Fantasy 1. No, not Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> not what Zach, not the, uh, I won't say terrible games, but not the. Like Dragon Warrior like, 1 yeah. style, just grind it out. But like, <laughs> I, as I talked about earlier, I, I really enjoy MMOs. I like the community aspect. I like getting people to play games with me. And that was one where I was like, oh my God, I have all these people that are interested in the game or wanted to try it out. And we all kind of tried it out together and played together. So there's that aspect of it too. But I'll, I'll probably just settle and, and say that my favorite is Monster Hunter Rise because it's a game that I can always pick up. I can uh, hunt a monster and feel really satisfied about making progress or just having fun with that challenging encounter. And, and the multiplayer aspect's great too. I mean, you like you mentioned earlier, you played last mm-hmm. night with Chip, and yeah, uh, you know he recently got the game and dumped a bunch of time into it and then you guys played last night together so it's great that you're able to specifically just link up at any point in your guys's progression and play yeah he made it a a, a fact to point out i he i showed him the guild card system which is like tracking your progress and you can share it with your friends so that they can also look at your progress if you're not playing together and he's like pull up zach's card and i pulled up zach's card and i told him how many missions you had finished it was like 25 or something he's like <laughs> i've finished 39 i've officially played it more than zach and so yeah. like, you know not um, hard let's be honest <laughs> but uh but yeah i'll have to say monster hunter rise um i was really impressed with the, what, what they were able to do they put content out for it every month after release um you know finishing out the game's main story adding free event quests and um kind of shaking up the formula taking what worked with the old systems and what worked with world which was like their huge um uh, new property um so that that's my pick for the year yeah like rise uh rise in particular is so um it's so approachable and i think that the way that they staggered the release of the end game kept me with it because it was it was right about on pace with my interest in having new content uh, and so I would like start to get bored of the stuff that I had available right about when new stuff was coming out. Um, and it was just I had like the dream experience with uh, with Rise and it came pretty close to being top of my list, too. You know, it was uh, probably the best Monster Hunter game that I've played that well, in terms of my enjoyment of it. Um, I did play some of World, but I didn't like it as much because I, I never played with anyone else in World. I only played by myself. And I think a huge part of that game is playing with other people. 
is what really makes that game fun. Like the most fun I had playing that game was that night that I came over to your house, Garrett, and we played four players. Mm-hmm. By far the most fun I had. I have thought about picking it up again and just messing around with it. And I might have to, just especially with Chip now playing yeah. it. You know, we're, we're at a point where as, as adults with jobs and families and, uh, you know, it's you have to pick and choose where you spend your where you allot your fr- your free time right and when i think of doing that i don't often think of a multiplayer game these days i think of a single player experience but um i think monster on rise would be one that i would consider and really like i said the 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 thing that made it top final, uh, over final fantasy 14 for me was particularly that i could pick it up and i could play it for 10 15 minutes and accomplish something and not that you can't do that in Final Fantasy fourteen. It's just it, it's a game that definitely respects your time. But the amount of time that I have to pour into it also doesn't like cost me a subscription. And you know, I um, it's it's just different. It's just different for me. Um, and those, it's portable. Those are my, yeah, and it's portable. So, so you can just play it wherever you want, right? You, you got ten minutes at lunch to pop that out, play it. Then you can yeah. just put it to sleep and resume when you get home or whatever. You know. I yeah, think I helpful. talked about doing that at work. <laughs> yeah no you did yeah um and i don't have a vita with remote play so i can't play final fantasy 14 via vita remote play <laughs> yeah sadly um, vita remote play doesn't work with a ps5 uh, it does if you try hard enough zach i didn't i you didn't want to try to hard enough you just have to believe believe in the heart of the vita <laughs> never died uh car- nick <laughs> go ahead yeah so let's, um, let's get off the vita discussion yeah <laughs> Oh man, I was just I just recharged my Vita yesterday to play. Something oh, it's such a we'll good console. About. Such a we we mentioned this before uh, in an episode, but such a good console and uh, so poorly supported. Yeah, very underrated, undersupported, underrated by even Sony themselves. Moving on to things that are relevant in 2021, which is not the Vita not, Two coming not, soon. Not the Vita. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh i would be shocked if sony like tried to play in that space especially with the steam deck coming i don't think anyone's ever going to come in again except nintendo no they made a goddamn spaceship for their console they're not making anything smaller than that now (laughs) no it's yeah gosh but but yeah so mine mine is also a pretty close between final fantasy 14 and another game um i i think i have to pick 14 um because it's the thing that i've gotten most absorbed in and it's a way of like connecting with my partner we talk about it a lot and play a lot together and um i've played a little bit with garrett and other folks too but um uh it's there's such a depth to that game in that world and it's not just the mechanics the characters are all rich and well-defined and uh grow over time in ways that really impact you and um like garrett is in good stuff but it's by by far not the best stuff in that game like shadowbringers as an expansion in particular was extremely affecting to me um like i was weeping during some of the final like hours of that that campaign um the like base game shadowbringers uh storyline and uh yeah, it's super powerful um, the way that it uses music and its own music, but also musical cues from games from the games, the series' history. 
uh, to like push those nostalgia buttons. Um, uh, especially uh, Endwalker, the expansion that just came out, features a lot of Final Fantasy IV stuff, um, uh, references and things, and that was the first Final Fantasy game that I played. Uh, Final Fantasy II, if you are an OG Super Nintendo uh, user, or was so- that... Was that yeah, it was, it was Super Nintendo. No. Okay. So so your answer is kind of... You kind of get the bonus points for it coming out this year because some of the content has, right? But the actual yeah. game itself is not. Yeah, because End- Endwalker did. Um, and Endwalker is, is really amazing so far. I can't speak to all of it because I'm only about halfway through. Um, but, yeah. So the, the other thing is definitely um, from this year, and that would be Deathloop. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's actually quite close. I really really love Deathloop, and I love the way that it incentivizes exploration and experimentation, and uh, how you learn about the world uh, of the game. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Outer Wilds, one of my favorite games ever, and it. Um, it's just so fun and the world is so well built and the mechanics are so well built. And, um, I haven't actually finished it yet, partly because I just don't want it to be over. One of the things you didn't mention about death loop, which I have only played about an hour of so far, but one thing that immediately struck me as, um, next level kind of amazing was the vocal performance of the main character. Oh, he's so good. And the your sort of main antagonist um, is also so good. All of the vocal performances are really, really next level. Um, but the, the main character in particular, um, you hear his internal monologue and his conversations with uh, various characters, and he's just so charismatic. He immediately draws you into caring about this character that you know nothing about. It, it was like ten minutes into the game when I was like, "Oh shit, this guy has just a phenomenal voice!" <laughs> like, yeah, like he's just incredible. He's he's so good, um, and really, all of the cast is super good. You don't encounter a lot of characters until. Well, I guess it depends on how you approach the game, but you don't like have conversations with a lot of other characters for for quite a while. But all of those those performances are are really great, for sure. And and uh, it's worth noting a lot of these actors are not actors that I knew before this. They're um, like Jason E. Kelly is the name of the guy who plays Colt, and uh, I had uh, no idea who he was before this, but he's just amazing. Well, uh, if you're interested in Deathloop, it is 50% off on the Steam Winter Sale, and Zach's going to get this out before the end of the year, which it goes till January 5th. So if you want to play it on PC, it's $30. There you go. It's and would recommend, recommend at least, like I said, I've only played about an hour of it, so take that with a grain of salt. But you've got Nick's, Nick's recommendation here as well, who says it's, it's worthwhile. So Well, and he, okay. and he, the week before we recorded that episode, when he played it, he had played Psychonauts 2, and he's like, this is my game of the year. And then immediately <laughs> yep. was like, Deathloop, I don't care. I don't care. Yep. Psychonauts, yep. whatever. Deathloop, uh-huh. way better. I, I'm i interested in it, but I realize, like, even playing Halo Infinite right now, I just have zero interest in playing first-person games anymore. Hmm. I'm just, like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't That's know what it is. I just don't. 
I don't care about them anymore. Like they, they seem annoying to me, which is weird because it used to be all I played. Um, and I think that's, it's just a really shift weird. of me playing these like, you know, like souls, like, or monster hunter type games and fighting games. Like those are the things that I, I really enjoy. I, I don't know, but I, I do, I, I absolutely love and adore halo. And that's probably why I'm playing this first person game, but I don't know. I think it's one of those things where I'm, I might not, play first person games anymore i just don't hmm. get excited about them anymore i would maybe give Deathloop a try because its mechanics are very different from your typical first person game between the spells and um like sneaking around and all of the all of the stuff it does like if you've played a dishonored game the mechanics are very similar to it feels dishonored. very much like dishonored yeah yes. but i didn't like dishonored <laughs> okay, well then. And, and i just and i just told you today i bought sekiro and that's my game i get to play in six months so maybe maybe next year i'll feel differently and i'll play death loop in 20 the end of 2022 or 2023 because <laughs> that's when i'll have time <laughs> yeah because he's gonna be too busy playing monster hunter before then mm-hmm. i don't think so <laughs> I I do want to say that with with Deathloop that another uh, really uh, exceptional thing. So I'm playing it on PS5. It's just the graphics are incredible. It looks so good, and the style is so amazing. It's like Art Deco has been done in video games before, uh, but this is a way of doing it that doesn't feel played out. Mm-hmm. Even even despite that, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's one weird. I look forward to getting back to. I, I haven't had a lot of time to play lately, but I do think about it. It's like sitting in my PS5 right now, the disc is, and I'm like, ah, I just want to go play a little bit, but I just haven't <laughs> had time to, to do so. Yeah, and and I uh, I want to bring up briefly, you mentioned um, Psychonauts 2. That is very, very close also. That game has some of the best emotional moments uh, in a game that I've played this year. Um, Final Fantasy 14 has a lot of those as well, but um, the way that Psychonauts 2 plays with the people whose brains you're in and like the nature of their problems and the way that they work those out is just exceptional. It's a very mature game emotionally, which is not super common in video games. And doesn't at all match the visual tone of the game. <laughs> which is which is funny, yeah. It looks very silly, but... Very cartoony, but it, it hits... It hits hard. So I guess that's me. The best game I played this year is not from this year. Shocker. And that is because I really didn't play anything that came out this year except for Deathloop. But what? I've only played an hour of it, so I can't choose that. The best game I played this year I actually have not finished, but I want to go back to it. And that is Ghost of Tsushima. came out last year. Mm. Uh, we raved about it a lot early. Well, Garrett and Nick raved about it a lot early because I hadn't played it yet. But... Everything they said is absolutely correct. That game is just amazing. There's nothing more to say about it that we haven't listened to like episode three, four, or five, somewhere in there. Uh, and you'll you'll hear the two of them gushing about it. But it's it's just an incredible experience. Everything about it is amazing. And it was specifically Garrett talking about it that got me to try it. And I'm yep. super glad I did. I'm even tempted to go back to it now that the director's cut is out on PS5. Yeah, and I'm like, I've got the base version of it, and I'm like, oh, do I want to go get the director's cut like before I play any more of the game? So that wait, I, do you have to? Is it like additional DLC that you have to it, buy? It's a different different version of the game you have to buy. Yeah. So like, you can't upgrade yours. You might be able to upgrade it, but I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it yet. But I mean, if it's Sony, let me let me check not. this while we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, the game is is amazing. It's graphically just incredible. The combat's 
so much fun and the exploration mm-hmm. is great i love the use of the wind to guide you as opposed to just like the hud is pretty sparse right and it's just like what you see is not anything that you don't need to know which is great and it's it's like you want to know where to go you're like crap i don't know where to go i, I need uh, an, uh where's my bioshock arrow in this game and you just swipe up on the the little fucking touchpad thing on the playstation which is lame and uh, the wind blows in the direction that it wants to take you and i thought that was super clever so i looked it up so the director's cut is actually a version that has an expansion uh, another a whole nother island um and some various like extras like director's commentary in a digital art book. Um, and so upgrading the PS4 base game to the PS4 director's cut is $20. Um, and Where's it? Up- upgrading from PS4 director's cut to PS5 is $10. So all in all, it's $30. Oh, okay. Hmm. So thir- 30 bucks if I want to get that version of it. Because yeah. I, I have the PS4 version, just base disc. And... Yeah, I think I'll probably do that because I do want to go back to the game. I, I didn't stop it for any particular reason other than I had been kind of burnt out on that type of game because I, I went into it directly after finishing Assassin's Creed. And yeah. they're similar enough that I was like, you know, I'm enjoying this game, but I want to take a break. And I just never resumed. But I think that I, I want to. So I'm going to say that's the best game I played this year because I did put it in like... I don't know, like 20 hours into it. Like it wasn't an insignificant amount of time. Another game with really excellent vocal performances, too, oh, no matter yeah. if you play in English or Japanese, but they got a lot of really excellent actors for the English performance. Yeah, it's on my list of long, long list of games to play again. Um, I want to yeah. go back and play it with the Japanese audio and the subtitles and do it in the Kurosawa mode where it's nice. like all very like stylized black and white. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, stoked to do that that's something that i will do eventually all right well that wraps up the best games we played this year <laughs> um we talked about the best beers we drank let's also talk about the worst beers we drank nick go first on this yeah. one i'm half inclined to go for the joke and say beak breaker don't do it um, uh but no it wasn't actually the worst thing that i drank this year um and i'm i'm still thinking i might have had worse things uh not for the show but um Hmm. uh the worst thing that i have on the show the worst thing i can remember um is actually the boundary bay amber uh because Hmm. it's so not an amber it's it's very very hoppy and it just it is a split between two different kinds of beer and it just gets the worst of both so um like it's kind of malty kind of hoppy and in the end i just didn't didn't care for it at all Hmm. yeah it it wasn't it wasn't amazing i don't think any of us particularly liked it uh i think that was one of the few that we had on the show where i don't think any of us were like yeah i'm gonna go get this again (laughs) it's because normally we're like yeah this is great but that one not, not so much i didn't think so anybody disliked it quite as much as i did but uh but yeah definitely one of the few sinkers so zach can we can we reveal ours at the same time on three because i think it's the same beer Uh oh. i don't think it is because mine really actually was not on the show so. okay then you get then you go first all right so mine was actually from a local brewery it was from a place in ferndale called fringe brewing 
And my coworker is a big fan of theirs and goes there frequently. And I said, hey, get me, like, next time you go there, just give me some random beers of theirs. I want to try them out. And they got me, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it, so I apologize. But it was labeled incorrectly, for one. <laughs> oh, so no. So the can had the wrong label on it. And then it was just disgusting. Like, it takes a lot for me to not finish a beer. And I threw half of this beer away because it's just like, I cannot drink this. It is foul. And wow. I wish I could remember the name of it. Do you remember what type of beer it was? It was an IPA of some variety, uh, but it was just disgusting, which is really funny because I then followed it up with their jam IPA, which was really delicious. So huh. I don't know what was going on with this one. Maybe I just got a bad batch, but it was foul. I will spend a minute trying to find it as we as we talk, but it was nasty. And I, I even texted my friend as we were drinking it, or as I was drinking, excuse me. And I was like, "What is wrong with this beer? Like, have you tried this?" And they're like, "No, I don't drink that. I don't drink beer." I'm like, "What the? Why do you go what? there?" They're like, "Oh, the food." <laughs> I'm like, oh. "What? They have food trucks. It's not even their food. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense." So I guess, uh... yeah. It, it, oh, it was Hop Woo. Hop Woo. It's American style IPA, and it was freaking disgusting. Not a fan. Anyway, that would be mine. It was not on the show. I would never bring it to the show after having it because I wouldn't want to subject you two to that or myself again. But yeah, it was that. So, Garrett, I'm really curious uh, since you thought we had the same. I'm curious what yours was. Oh, Salt and Seed. Hands down. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that wasn't a good yeah. one. <laughs> Salt and Seed was like, the more I think about it, the more bitter I get about it too. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe, no, it has no redeemable qualities. And I, and it's probably because um, my wife can't drink beer, so uh, I drank all of them. And I didn't <laughs> want to let it go one. to waste. One, yeah, ex- exactly, except for one. Which but, I took home recently yes. no no, no. And, that that was from my um my advent calendar i gave you the can i drank all six of those bottles <laughs> did you get a salt and seed in your advent calendar yes i did <laughs> oh my yeah. oh my i so thought I it was you, just leftover mm, i had i had six bottles when we had it this summer and i drank two on the show and then i think i drank just like uh, one a day until they went away and it was always like i would look at it and it would just be like a battle of will <laughs> uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna drink this watermelon flavored seawater channel your inner ryan reynolds that day that's a bad turn joke yeah Yeah. that's funny i i did not dislike that one but it it definitely was very different and i am excited to bring a different goza to the show because i think one that isn't as salty would actually be really appealing to you folks but uh, but the salts content was really uh, exceptional. <laughs> I, I was lucky enough that my wife actually, who hates beer, it's not that she can't drink it. She just does not like beer. Uh, I make her try every beer I open, though. And she <laughs> she hates them every time. It's very funny. But she, I was lucky enough that she uh, liked that beer. And so she drank the four that I didn't drink on the episode. I was just like, please just get these out of my face because they're foul <laughs> i had actually forgotten how much i disliked that beer it's not as bad as the the one i chose because that one i did not finish yeah. and i did finish at least two of the sultan seeds so that's something it's impressive well after talking about the worst beers we drank 
let's also talk about the worst video games we played. I'm sure you all knew this was coming. I'm going to lead this one because mine Please is simple do. and it's really old. Oh. Do you have a it, guess? Is it Dragon Warrior 1? Two. No. It is two. two. Dragon Warrior 2. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett got it. It was, it's just so old and so antiquated in the way that it plays that it was so frustrating to play and I didn't enjoy a moment of that game. Like the first one has moments where you're like, this is fun. Like I understand this, but it's also only like eight hours long. And the second one is like three times as long and just so awful in terms of the grinding. I just got so annoyed of everyone dying all the time and having to like Gary having to like, you know, drive on or not drive god damn it ride the boat to different areas and by the time i get to that area i'm just so low on hp i just have to go back and heal again and <laughs> it was just so frustrating i i i really did not enjoy the game at all so that's that's my worst game that i played this year nick go ahead i'm really sad to announce my worst game that i played this year final fantasy 14 <laughs> stormblood uh, uh, ooh actually so no, not not Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm really. I just wanted to announce. I opened my second beer, and it is a uh, Ecliptic Brewing Filament Winter IPA, ale brewed with tangerine. It's a seasonal beer. That's cool. So I have I have two categories then, I guess, because I was thinking games that came out this year, and so I will. I have a worst game that came out this year and worst game I played this year. Um, okay. I don't think I played a bad game that came out this year, so I don't I don't have one for that category. I'm I'm really sad to say that this is the worst game that came out this year um, that I played. Is it Nerf Rivals? It's not. It's ActRaiser <laughs> Renaissance. Oh yeah, which that's sad. Is, that's very sad. It's just so disappointing. It's so far from what I loved about the original ActRaiser. Like it's it's bloated with the tower defense mechanics and all of your villagers talking to you all the time and whining at you and the art style there are parts of the art that i like but a lot of it is bad and at some points just looks broken like it it looks like the the pixel count was like they dropped a zero or something it's really Hmm. just like the the main character in particular or all of the sprites for characters in the combat sections are just so bad and it's just so disappointing. I never um, did actually pick that game up after you talked about it because of your your distaste for it. I was like, mm, I'm gonna wait. Yeah. Like twenty dollars isn't a lot, or thirty dollars, excuse me, isn't a lot, it, but it's yeah. enough that I don't want to just throw it down the garbage. Which unfortunately I did. I was the guinea pig. <laughs> um, but uh, the actual worst game I played this year is worse than any. <laughs> any game that came out this year and that would be final fantasy eight and you can refer to (laughs) my feelings from prior episodes about that uh god what an awful game i can't believe that those decisions got made to make that game what it is i don't know if i told you guys but i did start the game for like 20 minutes and i was like i don't really want to play this right now (laughs) i just stopped (laughs) (laughs) i never actually got that far into it Uh, to like even I don't think I even got into a single battle in the game. Wow. Like, that's how far I didn't make it in the game. This was my third try. 
playing it the first time was probably about half an hour the second time was a couple of hours and then this year i put eight ish hours into it and just i just can't so there you have it what about you garrett so thinking back uh the worst game i played i actually played a lot of um, <laughs> was ooh. it outriders oh <laughs> so you know what outriders was a close second um because outriders wasn't broken when when i played it it was just okay. thin <laughs> and boring my worst game of the year is a similar genre which is we're just going to call it the destiny games as a service genre now um <laughs> marvels of destiny Avengers. likes that's what i was thinking when marvels oh yeah i played Outriders the most was second. Of, i played the most of marvels avengers i dissuaded everyone from buying it um <laughs> <laughs> opposite of monster hunter right because you know i bought it i played the beta i knew that it was a little bit kind of messed up but uh me and my friend were like we're gonna play it we'll let's play it together it'll be a fun co-op game even if it's dumb we really are into the marvel universe and we played it and we played a lot of it and the like assets were broken in it like there was a special uh, skin for Captain America that he had like uh, these like motorcycle goggles on and his eyeballs were like detached from his skull and would like bounce around <laughs> oh, like no. free, free float. Sounds um, terrifying. You could fall through the ground. Um, you either run in a hallway in a lab beating up robots or you run around in an open desert um, fighting robots or you go into a city of like three city blocks and you fight robots and then you fight the ultimate robot, which is a person in a robot suit. Um, I'm guessing there's a lot uh-oh. of robots in this game. There, yeah, it's it's all well. You can destroy robots, robots <laughs> and not worry about violence against humans. Yeah, except rating. except for you, you fight the. Um, I think they were called the Watchdogs. They were just like we're street thugs with spray painted military backpacks and tower shields and. Ooh. That was about. They are pretty sure that they all collectively had the same voice actor. So here, here's um, a, here's a question for you, Garrett. Did Lil Kev like this game? Oh, he loved the game. Oh my gosh, of course he did. Um, so <laughs> he and he wasn't the person that I played with it at first. It was um, so and yeah. Unfortunately, I played this game on two platforms. I only paid for it once though. So when it originally came out, I played it with my my friend Eric, and uh, we went through. You can't play the story co-op, the original story co-op. So we played through it. We did like all the end level all the end game stuff but it was just like boring you the power selection is not very good the rpg progression isn't very good and then they started releasing expansions and so i went back and i would play the story for the expansion but expansion is a very loose term for them (laughs) it's like one hour experience so they have a hawkeye one where you go to the future when um these aliens essentially destroy earth and he's one of the survivors that was really cool um, how, the, how come Hawkeye always survives? That's that's a question I want to know an answer uh, to. One one word, glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs> um, the boss was stupid. It was really they like built it up, and then you see the boss, you fight him, and then the, the it just ends. You're like, uh, okay. Then they had a Kate Bishop one. That was okay. It was shorter than the than the Clint Barton Hawkeye one. And then they had the War for Wakanda, which was one of the most underwhelming things I've ever played. I, I was so disappointed because they were building it up. They had this whole new zone. You were in Wakanda. You just fought spider robots. And then Aww. you fought Claw, who like 
got transformed by his sonic weapon into a giant sound monster. Wait, that he huh. fought. He's just, he looks like a like a radioactive glow stick just <laughs> shooting and yelling at you and shooting rings at you. And, um, you know, and, and, and part of part of my bitterness with this game is how, you know, a lot of these decisions don't get made by the developers. So I don't I don't fault the developers for some of the decisions, but it didn't make money. It it flopped hard. Um, Square Enix published it. You know, it's a Marvel licensed game. It's supposed to be this big blockbuster, games as a service, big money maker. It, but it they was were a big char- deal when it was announced too. Like people yeah. were oh, really yeah. excited, myself they char- included. They charged twenty dollars for skins, which is not uncommon for most games now. I mean, hell, even Halo Infinite multiplayer has like twenty dollars suits of armor every week. That's different, you know. But it. It was disappointing. It was incredibly grindy to earn anything for free, which usually drives those type of monetization schemes. But to add insult to injury, they added to the cash shop like experience boosters and like, oh, no. Yeah, like that feels bad, man. And and it was, you know, it had a a dwindling player base like it dropped the week it, it launched. It went down to like double digit players. It was pretty bad. And so they do this for the remaining people that are playing it. And it was just kind of a slap in the face. And then they took them out and they're like, Ooh, whoa, we're sorry. But they took them out like three months after putting them in. Um, <laughs> so they got their money. Th- then one of the most iconic superheroes, um, Spider-Man is added to the game, but it's exclusive only to PlayStation platforms. Yeah. And I mean, it's because Sony owns Spider-Man, the rights to Spider-Man stuff. Um, and they have, you know, their IP to protect with the Insomniac games and this like new Insomniac Marvel Universe that they're making. But it just, it just, it just disappointed me. You know, they, they, they're doing what they can with it, but it's not very good and it's not engaging enough to come back and play. Worth noting that I think a couple episodes ago, I had mentioned how I started that game and I played it for like an hour or two, I think. And Every time I thought about going back to it, I just said, no, I don't really want to. And then eventually I just uninstalled it because I needed the hard drive space. Well, Zach, <laughs> so. Zach asked me multiple times. Uh, he's like, it's on sale for $20. It's on sale for $10. And I said, not even the decent single player story is worth Oof. your money. Nope. Like <laughs> um, I played it again on on Game Pass, just some multiplayer missions because they eventually made the made it so that you could play pretty much everything co-op. And I, I was playing with my friend Kevin, who usually doesn't play those types of games. And he was having a really good time because we play it in short bursts. And, and you know, um, they had this huge 2.0 thing that came out. But it I just I don't know. I don't I think as long as they make the DLC free, I'll continue to go through and like play the new character and check them out. But at the end of the day, you have big tanky character, which is the Hulk. You have flyy shooty character. And then you have everyone else, which is just punch, 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 super move, punch, 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 punch. It's more of a like a beat em up, but boring. <laughs> and and it, it sounds like well, that's what beat em ups are, Garrett. They're boring. <laughs> you should the, <laughs> the thing that disappoints me most um, is that the cast is pretty excellent and it sounds like they really squandered the the talents of the the vocal cast Um, oh totally iron man's writing is so bad it's so awful if you haven't heard me rant about it enough i got to bruce banner in the story 
and I didn't even remember that you told me that it was Troy Baker because that's how bad he is. <laughs> it's like, why? Why is and he's this? he's one of the best ones in there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's really unfortunate. That's a good and choice. Like, if I'd played more, it might have been in contention for my worst game of the year. But I only put in like an hour or two because I was like, Ugh, I don't, this game's just not good. I mean, yeah, it, and and most of my thing about it is just like it, the disappointment. I mean, as a game, yes, it functions at launch. It was rough. What AAA game isn't rough at launch? But I was just so disappointed. I mean, I played the darn thing for uh, on Steam. It says 48 hours, and I probably played 10 hours on Xbox with my friend. So I didn't play an insignificant amount of this game. And there were parts of it that I enjoyed, but I'm just so disappointed. Well, let's go from a downer topic to one that's exciting, which is our most anticipated games of 2022. So, Nick, why don't you lead us off? Okay. Um, I continue to be indecisive and have multiple answers. Um, I'll I'll briefly mention one that I almost chose. Um, but is too much of a wild card for me to say that I am actually anticipating it most over something that's a little more of a sure thing. Can I cut uh, you off real fast, Nick? Sure. And just say, without naming specifics, that 2022, if all of the games come out next year as they're planned, and if they are all good, 2022 could be one of the best years of games ever. Like, it really there could. There are this so was... many good games coming out next year. I had at least half a dozen like actual contenders for... Uh, most anticipated game of 2022. Um, and uh, second place for me was Ghostwire Tokyo. Hmm. Uh, do you guys remember this from... I it is it one E3. I know, but it's not one I'm not particularly excited for, so it's interesting. I'm I'm really excited. It looks like cyberpunk, but also like supernatural It's Tokyo a Bethesda game, action right? game, right? Yeah, so it's made by... Um, tango gameworks which is um the uh it's the evil within developer okay cool i i quite like evil within 2 in particular and have been meaning to go back to that for a long time and this is sort of a it's an I action adventure <laughs> <laughs> it's an action adventure horror game uh, a little more in the action than the horror sense but um it's uh like this abandoned tokyo that you are fighting through and fighting demons there's straight up slender men in the trailers um and you're using like supernatural powers to do so and it looks like the style is super cool and uh, uh the it reminds me a lot of dishonored in that the capabilities you have to like move around and throw things around and shoot stuff with your magic powers is really exciting to me. And I can think of a lot of ways that that combat could be really cool. And I'm excited to see how that turns out. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because like lo- watching the trailer for it at, I think it was E3 of this year, right? That, mm-hmm. that they showed that I, I was like, yeah, like this game looks okay like it doesn't look great to me so it's it's very interesting the different um experiences that we had after watching that and it immediately jumped out to me like i was immediately excited for it i thought the style was super cool um but my actual most anticipated game is because it is a sequel to one of my favorite games and i can't imagine them screwing up the formula is horizon forbidden west oh there you go yep um i i think like 
even on PS4, even on a base PS4, the original Horizon Zero Dawn was such a technical showpiece. It was so beautiful and had such an interesting world. And um, that's another game that really benefits from having an amazing cast that is does amazing performances. And Garrett, did I, you ever play the first Horizon? I did. I played like two hours of it. Two hours. Okay. That's about as much as I played of it as well. And um, something about it just didn't grab me. It wasn't, it didn't feel like it was the game. It felt like it was a me thing. Like this just yeah. isn't the right time to be playing this game, but I it's, need to get back to it. It's a very different style of game. It is akin to The Witcher in that it is a relatively faithful game about hunting where you have to be careful and track things and like understand the weaknesses of your prey and uh i i found it super satisfying to do that especially for the really huge monsters that take a lot of effort like this was before i was into monster hunter at all (laughs) got got that from from those games too but um in addition to that the story and the world building um are all so interesting and i'm really curious like the stuff that gets revealed about the state of that world by the end of it and why it is the way it is and has all this like like all these mechanical monsters uh roaming the land um like all that stuff that got revealed at the end near the end of the first game i'm really curious to see how they expand on that uh yeah going forward i thought the story was really good what uh and it's got all the formula of uh, like you said like hunting and you have to be careful and i mean there are a lot of things akin to like monster hunter and i really really enjoyed the short amount of time that i played with it um the thing that got me was the same thing that got me with red dead redemption 2 fantastic amazing award-winning game i just open worlds are so hard for me now because i like explore so the best way i can describe it is Ghost of Tsushima. That game had the right amount of everything that I wanted to do in a tight, compact area. And I could go and I would just go off and like do random things that didn't even matter. And I would I'd be having fun. Um and, there was and just, by open world standards, that game is pretty small. Um, yes. Like it's, it's it is a small. pretty tightly controlled space, um, which makes it exceptionally dense with stuff to do. Um and I, I think that um, Horizon Zero Dawn is not as dense, but it does have a lot to do and a lot of interesting things to accomplish. But there's there's something so perfectly calculated about the size of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe it's just my... Um, I don't know if I want to call it disdain, but just like booting up my ps4 just gives me the heebie-jeebies um, <laughs> there are three games that i it's played on you're my an PS4. Fan, so you're like Ugh, and not, wow. i mean it's it's not even that it's just like can i interest th- you in the pc version of horizon zero dawn <laughs> right and that's why you know that's kind of what i'm looking at is is maybe i would enjoy it more playing it on pc because like i don't know what it is i finished three games I've, I've i've owned a ps4 i bought it used for a hundred bucks like six <laughs> years ago from a coworker, and there are three games I finished: Bloodborne, God of War, and Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, okay, I lied. Four. I have finished Final Fantasy VII. Oh, um, cool! And, wow, that's a ballpark or knock it out of the ballpark. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and 
I tried. I tried playing Uncharted. I didn't like Uncharted. I didn't like. I didn't really enjoy. I enjoyed the story and the setting, and I thought that the gameplay mechanics are are really awesome. But it was just something about the open world, and I think that I'm I'm especially playing Halo now since Halo is coming back to that. Halo is now kind of an open world. Um, I'm starting to like get into playing open world games again. I think I just had to take a break from them for a while. And uh, the Sony started publishing games uh, on PC. Like I am going to buy the God of War PC release um, and I'm going to play it again. I, I loved that game. Um, and so maybe I'll pick up um, Horizon because I hear nothing but great things. And, and people who, who know me very well are like, I can't believe you haven't played that game. Like that game is for you. You would you would love it. So I'll I have to give it a second chance. Absolutely recommend it. I love Horizon Zero Dawn particularly. It is, uh, and like that's that's a game where I did basically all of the side content as well because all of it was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very Witcher esque in that way. Yeah, I believe I have a platinum trophy in that game. Um, wow. Fortunately, I don't don't think I even have a single like gold trophy. (laughs) I think, well, gold, gold is easy to get gold. Platinum is you get everything. Um, But uh, let me take a look. I'm I'm, I believe I have eight platinum trophies. Wow. But um, uh, it's also much faster to um, uh, it's much faster to get do everything in uh in horizon zero dawn because it's like 40 or 50 hours instead of the 300 hours it takes to do everything in the witcher even if it is all great what one of your platinums better be persona 5 or i'm gonna be upset um (laughs) oh it's it's not unfortunately so i have six platinum trophies let me see if i can filter Look at this uh, fish story over here. It was this big. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was an even number, at least. I remember that oh, much. Oh, that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so God of War. I got all the trophies in What Remains of Edith Finch, but I that doesn't have a platinum because it's not doesn't have enough trophies. Um, Wolfenstein The New Order. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero Time Dilemma, the third um, uh, Zero Escape game. Uh, I believe one of the others is um, Virtue's Last Reward, the second Zero Escape game. Um, and then there will be one more. Oh, it's Spider-Man. That's also one I've been meaning to play, but <laughs> I just can't decide. Spider-Man's very, very good. You can borrow yeah. it if you want. Again, another open world game, man. And I've got all these yeah. fighting games to play. And, you and know? I've got a new buddy to play Monster Hunter with. So, so, so that's now all my time. Ha- what I'm hearing is I understand why you don't like the new Halo. is because you don't like open worlds and you don't like first-person shooters. So it's Thank just you. a bad combo. May I make a recommendation to you also? Um, maybe don't worry as much about playing the original Spider-Man if you really don't like big open worlds. Um, play Miles Morales because it is the same world but much smaller scale with fewer things to do and hunt down in it um and it's really really wonderful but nick to play that i'd need an alien spaceship (laughs) and well you can play it on ps4 you can also just borrow mine but that's your netflix box (laughs) i have an xbox series x for that (laughs) it's a different 500 dollars netflix box Um, in case anyone is curious, I have 2,944 total trophies. Jesus. Somehow. 
That's a lot. I think I have like less than 200 because I just don't play PlayStation games. <laughs> <laughs> played Assassin's Creed Valhalla and that's it. Yeah, pretty Man. much. Uh, so, Garrett, what's your most anticipated game? No, no, no. We're going with you. Go with me? All right. Mine's Great. really easy, though. I bet oh, you I guys know. could guess it. Saw it this is. coming from a mile away. Breath of the Wild it. 2. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to say CSGO 2. Uh, nope. No, no EX CSGO Ultra 2. Super Deluxe. Oh, that'd be cool. Turbo. Version. But they'll probably just milk CSGO until it's it's bone dry in 2027. They'll release a new they... version. Why would they make a new one if they can just sell you more knives or more no, crates what, with knives in them? What's exactly. going to happen, Zach? More key, is, no, you sell the keys, Nick. Come on, man. Yeah. Your your kids are going to develop the next Roblox mod that is Counter-Strike, and then that's going to take off. <laughs> and then Counter-Strike will be dwarfed by Roblox mods. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, so my, mine's easy. If you know anything about me, you know I love Zelda games. I'm a big, big Zelda fan. And I have a Zelda tattoo, as mentioned. And so for me, Breath of the Wild is maybe my favorite Zelda game. I, I'd have to really think about it, but it's it's sure up there. It's it's top three for sure, if not top mm-hmm. one. And everything about that game is just incredible. We we haven't talked about it much on the show, but I don't think it needs any more praise than it's already deserve you know, deservedly received. But yeah. If the sequel is anything like the first game. It's just going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I really hope it comes out next year because I don't want to wait any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is it coming out? I, I'm pretty sure that that game will... I'm going to make a prediction. It's not coming out until winter of 2023. Probably. And if, it, <laughs> and if it doesn't, if it gets delayed, it won't come out until late summer 2024. Don't stop, Garrett. Why? Wow. Why are you doing this, Garrett? <laughs> I just have to put chaos energy into the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you're wrong, then Zach will be really yeah, pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Then you can like, you know, trip me and and say always oh, sleep sweep the leg or something like that, and then throw your copy down in my face. I'm gonna do exactly know. that, and I'm gonna film it. <laughs> no, you'd probably just try to tickle me or something. Well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, uh, it is it is currently scheduled for 2022 sometime. Who knows when? But. I am unbelievably excited for that game. Like when I when mm-hmm. I talk about I don't have time to play games, like that's the kind of game I make time for. Like I will stay up late to play that game or I will sneak in hours like or or minutes, you know, I've got 10 minutes before work, okay, I'm going to play 10 minutes of the game. Like that's the kind of game where I do that for. So I'm I'm just unbelievably excited for it. Fair. It's it does look cool and like the implications of some of the things that they've shown in that very brief trailer, like phasing through a floor there. Like the coolest thing about breath of the wild. The first one was the emergent nature of the various systems at play and the way that you could logic out uh, solutions to the problems um, that maybe weren't even intentional, but they just work because it makes sense that they work. I love how many different stories came out of that game of like, this is how I solved X shrine. Right. And someone else was like, well, I solved it this way. And someone else was like, well, I solved it this way. And that's just, you know, games don't usually do that. And so having a game that has that sort of versatility and diversity is incredible. My, my favorite one of those is, uh, there is a shrine, I think in the desert. Um, yeah, because a lot of the electricity, uh, based shrines were in the desert uh and there's a current starting at 
uh, at a node on one end of the entrance and you have to go through, like run it through the whole shrine to get to a node on the other side of this wide entrance. And somebody just took all the metal weapons that they had and strung them in a line to run the current from the one to the other and they they got it that, that game really um like it, it it a lot of people will ask the question like i wonder if i can do this and that game will absolutely answer sure why not yeah which isn't <laughs> super super uncommon in games like there are games that have that versatility and allow you to do things that maybe you wouldn't expect to work but I don't feel like there's any game I've played in recent memory where you can do almost anything. Like if you think like, I wonder if I can do this, you can absolutely do it. It's like the promise that scribble knots made is finally yeah. being fulfilled by Zelda of all things. You mean you don't like solving a puzzle and just writing duck, 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 and trying to build, you know, a road <laughs> out of ducks. <laughs> build enough ducks. You can, you can get there. Well, that's mine. Uh, it's, it's the kind of cheat answer because I think a lot of people are excited for it, but that is, that is by far mine. I will, I will give a, uh, an asterisk, uh, second place finish to Sea of Stars, which I think has been pushed to winter of 2022. It is a game I kickstarted. It is, uh, made by the people who made The Messenger. I may have mentioned it before, which is an oh, yeah. excellent, excellent game. And, uh, this is a Chrono Trigger-like game, RPG uh so i'm very excited for that 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 is my second place garrett what are you looking forward to can i guess first yeah what do you sons of bitches think oh yeah okay okay i think that your most anticipated game for 2022 is monster hunter rise and mine mine i think god of war ragnarok false damn it that was a joke. I know you probably wouldn't pick that because it's a game that already came out, but I know you are excited for it. To come oh, no, out. I'm definitely excited. And, I, you know, I'm excited for I'm excited for the expansion Sunbreak that comes out this summer. But that's even yeah. not my top because I know I'm going to like it. And so I kind of know what Elden I'm getting Ring? into. It is Elden Ring. Yeah. Elden Ring is my Elden Ring is my um, most anticipated game of next year because it's my number um, three. It's um an open world <laughs> which, which is you know i i feel like this is the game to get back into that i, I like i said halo is an open world but not really it's it, it, it's different and i don't, I don't want to get into that right now but um elden ring um scratches that itch of like a, a super difficult game that has like a lot of mystery shrouded around it and um i've loved all the souls games the bloodborne games i haven't played Sekiro yet i just picked it up um, and I probably will not finish it before Elden Ring comes out <laughs> or maybe not even start it by then, but it's good. It's, it's from what I've seen. Um, I've seen just a tiny bit of gameplay from the network test and watch some trailers and that's it. I'm not watching any, any more about it. And the reason that I like it and, and I'm not going to look up anything about it is because I want to be surprised. I want to go in. I, it's a world that I want to explore and it's, uh, uh, from a developer, that tells stories by these like natural things that you find in the world. Um, you're figuring out what's going on. Like the whole story is just shrouded in mystery and it's told in chunks from different perspective of NPCs that have like a single line or like the flavor text on uh, a ring that you pick up that you can't even equip, you know? Yeah. Um, but it also has the, the advantage of modern systems and quality of life improvements like the multiplayer um multiplayer in one and two was frustratingly hard to do for co-op 
and three was amazing. So I look forward to playing that with my buddy. It has the benefit of them having developed games that are not just like Dark Souls in the in the recent past, like Bloodborne and Sekiro have totally different paces. Like Bloodborne is so much more aggressive um, and fast paced and is about being on the attack at all times, but attacking like pressing the advantage and Sekiro is uh, has a lot of stealth in it and Elden Ring is going to have stealth in it. Um, and uh, it's like they've learned from their experience doing other similar but not the same things and i think this will be a culmination in a lot of ways of of what they've been building toward um i think for me it's it's a game that i i i've noted noted that before that i'm not a fan of the souls like games there's just something about them that doesn't click with me but this is one i'm actually really interested in because it looks more fleshed out story-wise than the other ones are i doubt that it will be yeah <laughs> it's written it's written in part by george rr R. martin and because it's written by george rr R. martin i think it'll be more even more fractured than one of those normal stories yeah. are mainly because it's in an open world i mean part of the interconnected world the interconnected level design of the souls games and bloodborne was part of it that, that was part of it is like this continuous loop of like death and rebirth and um, that you were inching closer to something that you would never be able to attain. And Elden Ring seems like it's going to carry that on, but on a larger scale. And I think that it's hard to tell those stories in a, in a, in a larger space. So I'm not, I'm looking forward to like gaining those nuggets, but I don't think that it's going to be, I don't think that the level design will be as powerful a storytelling tool as it has in the past. I wonder, um, the the thing that always stood out about the storytelling in the Souls games to me is that it is sort of vague and uh, almost dreamlike. And um, the I read in an interview with the director Hidetaka Miyazaki uh, that he when he was a kid he would borrow books from the library in English and he couldn't read English or at least not very well. And so he got these like fractured fragments of the stories and he could like kind of see what was happening, but through this thick veil of, of uh, non-information and that he wants to evoke that feeling, that sort of dreamlike distance from the story uh, in the way that he develops uh, these, the storylines in these games. And I, I think that's really powerful because you, you have people like Vati on YouTube who will dedicate hours of, of speech to explaining these things and digging into them. Um, but also if you just go into it and see it at a surface level, you get the vibe of it. It's almost like a tone poem um, where you get the vibe of it without needing to understand the, the, the whole picture. There's something enchanting about the mystery. I don't know what Zach did, but I think he, his beer exploded all over him. He's been yeah, I think he's got brains all over his desk. <laughs> I dropped my brains on the floor and then I opened it and then it, <laughs> Cause why because I'm, I'm an idiot and i wasn't thinking Ooh. and yeah it, it decided it wanted to explode all over me yeah i wonder why <laughs> uh yeah shocking right you're supposed to roll it not throw it on the ground roll it not throw it brains but yeah nick, nick i i agree with you that it's it's fascinating and i like the air of mystery and um i like that it's ri- i don't know it's kind of a a community game because people find out lore nuggets and they share it online. 
But for me, it's all about the discovery and really the difficulty yeah. because the reason that uh, Dark Souls was one of those series to me that taught me patience. Really. Yeah, it's about um, the process of learning. Yeah, and that was like I I played Monster Hunter m- way before Dark Souls, but playing Dark Souls made me a better Monster Hunter player and made me like way more patient because you're you're forced you're absolutely forced to be in those games and so um elden rings uh my most anticipated game because uh it's probably the next co-op game that i'll play with my friend eric and um he's usually the person that i play the most co-op games with so i'm excited about that i do have an honorable mention and you guys will never guess what it is i want you i want you to try though it is um hmm, let's see so we'll never guess so i'm gonna say what is there like a life is strange <laughs> sequel coming out or something like that that life is strange what there's true that? colors which just came out okay. oh you don't yeah uh life <laughs> oh, is, is, that like is actually tell- really good it's like that a the telltale, telltale game, game yeah. with a superhero girl yeah and then they like they, it's a different person for everyone right yeah yeah okay. it's a it's a different it's like entirely different types of powers too mm. i'm gonna say pokemon arceus <gasps> no damn it <laughs> hey, do you have a guess? um give me a moment oh, i'll give you a hint nick it's something that i've recently gotten into it's a warhammer game oh. it is a warhammer game oh it's total war 3 isn't it total war 3 yeah. i notably hate rts's i don't hate total war warhammer 2 so much so that i played probably at least 100 hours of co-op campaigns with my friend drew and have had um, countless uh, skirmish battles of just ridiculous unbalanced proportions of like uh, a, a thing of a bunch of ogres and trolls who don't follow your command sometimes <laughs> against a bunch of trebuchets, you know, like <laughs> just ridiculous stuff. And it's it's more army management than micromanagement, which I like. I like the it's it's 4X, but not Age of Empires, but not. And yeah. th- that's what I like about my RTS games. But I also like yeah, that the Total developer... War games are kind of like their own breed of weird, right? Like they're it's almost they don't, yeah. they don't cleanly fit into any RTS genre. Well, and and each each faction and really each uh, I think they call them lords. I can't even remember, but each of like the heroes that you play when you play a campaign have their own stories and motivations. Um, so there's a lot of depth in there. And then the game also gets supported with DLC for, for years and years and years. But one of the coolest things they've done with this series is all of the DLC from one goes into two. And now all of the DLC from one and two goes into three. Oh, that's cool. That was going to be my question is if they're still doing that, because I remember when two was coming out and they said, oh, yeah, just all the stuff from one is just in two also if you mm-hmm. own it. So all the armies, all the DLC Mm-hmm. Um, just the maps special the modes mm-hmm. yeah so it's, they, it's this totally additive thing that's not not taking anything out of uh away from what you enjoyed prior so there's almost no chance that you will like three less than one and two because it it's, it's got those well they keep building um, more and more mechanics on it and then what they do is with the patches they always have free and paid content with the patches with the major patches and so they'll do like, here's these two new um, lords or heroes uh, for these different factions. And then here's like this free update. So 
like there there was a faction that was from the original game in two and the last update that they made for it was they're like we completely overhaul overhauled how the faction works so you might have paid five dollars for the dlc six years ago but they put a patch in the game that completely updates them to be in the new system um they fit way better more cleanly and they have like new and exciting things to do and so whenever a patch comes out it's like oh there's not only brand new content if I choose to pay for it, but it's updating the old content to bring it into the new engine um, and bring it up with the new mechanics. And there's a lot of new and interesting things that come out with the third one, like um, the third Warhammer, uh, Total War Warhammer game uh, focuses on all the chaos factions. So before there was just the generic chaos warriors. Um, now it's all of the lore, the gods of chaos uh, clashing. There's some new... Um, factions that are new to this game have been in like the lore before but are brand new to this game that are going to shake some things up but um yeah i just look forward to again tens of hours of just multiplayer insanity co-op and uh discovery so that's that's my honorable mention nice that's a good choice i I remember when the first total war i think it was rome was it rome was the first one Sounds about right. Uh, came out yeah. a billion years ago. My friend got it, and I went over to his house, and we played it. And I was like, you know, this is actually kind of fun, and I hate RTS games as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, the first Total War game I ever played was uh, Total War Shogun 2. Hmm. And oh, that yeah. is a, that's a, a fantastic game. Still holds up. Still fun. That, that wraps up our best and worst of the year discussion. We wanted to briefly touch on some of our 2022 plans for the podcast. So... The first and most exciting thing is that we will soon, hopefully, be recording in person. Garrett will will have the space available at his house, and we're going to start, hopefully, doing that. And and right now, I mean, it, it's it's been about you know uh, we we released our first episode end of March, and we've been remote the entire time. We haven't done a single in person recording, so. It'll be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic, but I think it'll make editing easier for one, uh, which yeah. will be nice. <laughs> but also I think it'll make uh, just the actual conversations flow a little better because we won't have the, the the delay of the internet. So that'll be very exciting. Yeah, we've gotten used to it, but it's definitely an adjustment process. Um, and we've gotten some very kind feedback from people who did not realize that we were remote, but uh, I think it will be even better in person and i'm absolutely looking forward to it or you can tell us we suck and uh, <laughs> we'll tell you too bad because it's easier to edit <laughs> very true <laughs> uh the other thing that we wanted to uh make a promise for is more regular releases you know there some sometimes we're, we're a week between sometimes we're two sometimes we're three sometimes we're four weeks between uh that comes down to me as the editor this is zach if you don't know uh, who is a slacker. <laughs> sometimes, no. sometimes well, you I have just a full-time get, job uh, and three kids. So. That, that's true. But sometimes Don't I give just... him any leeway. It's all your fault, Zach. <laughs> but, but also, we are working on... Um, I'm now a full-time student, which I was not at the start of our podcasting. I was about to become a part-time student and full-time worker, uh, and then eventually became um, no longer having to work. Uh, so I'm going to help pick up some of that uh, workload and with the both of us editing and trading off even with our schedules we should be able to to make it work and get more timely topical episodes out there 
because we do like talking about the new stuff but sometimes it takes a little while for the podcast to come out and it's not as new anymore right yeah and i get to do nothing but drink beer and <laughs> be an asshole and, and be the face of the podcast we've already established <laughs> i'm not the face of the podcast <laughs> i'm sure that there are people listening who have never seen me before probably <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i mean it's um you know out of so i i was curious so this you know, when I was putting together our um, outline for today's episode, I checked and and we there's been 40 weeks since we've released our first episode. And we've released 27 episodes if we count this one, which will be out by next week, um, as of recording. So <laughs> yeah, totally I mean that's time. that's pretty much almost exactly half a year of episodes, like a half a year of weekly right. episodes. But we've been recording every week, which is or, or almost well, every week. we took no, about a month off. Well, but we also, when we started this, remember, cut yourself some slack. It was like two weeks and then you were figuring out how to edit. And then we had like five episodes banked of recording every two weeks. And then it was like, okay, maybe we can do this weekly. So it's changed a lot. You know, we've done 27 episodes over 40 weeks, you know, time gaps withstanding, whatever. But when we set out to do this, we set out to, to actually, you know, make this podcast and make it a thing and um because of the kind feedback and and um the positive you know reactions to what we've been doing um and and just having fun talking to you guys we've Mm -hmm. created something that i am extremely proud of like zach your editing skills have uh, have been uh, amazing you know the the topics and some of the depth of some of the things that we get into is um way more than just like i drank this budweiser (laughs) and uh, i played myself some mario kart that was fun that was fun it was pretty good you know, we that it's much it's much more than that. We get to talk about our passions. We get to talk about what we're excited about and have a good time. And I've really enjoyed this process with you guys. So thanks for bringing me along for the ride and, uh, you know, uh, including me in this. I know it started as way too late and morphed into co-hops, but, you know, um, it's been really fun. For yeah. sure. And that's one of my goals for the upcoming year as well is to do some more way too late reviews because i really like the in-depth discussions that we have on uh on single games and like that monster hunter episode where we had all played some monster hunter and we're talking about it in depth that was super fun and people really liked that so um Mm -hmm. i look forward to doing more of those maybe choosing games that are a little faster to get through and a little easier to wrap your head around and uh, get motivated to play than killer seven and planescape torment and maybe we you know if you feel like it we'll give ourselves a timeline and you it's like play as much as you want because there's yeah. then there's no pressure of having to do the whole thing you know you play some and you know sometimes you just fall off of the game and then you'll have these different questions and answers like our killer seven episode listening back onto that like zach had a little bit to add but he was able to ask questions because he legitimately only played two hours of the game <laughs> and didn't know what the hell was going on and what we were talking about. And you and I were just going back and forth with stuff. So, you yeah, know, it'll so make for be interesting conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, maybe we change up the format a little bit and this is all still a learning process. You know, most of the feedback, if not all of the feedback that we get is positive. So you all are way, way too nice. So if there's something that you want to um, have us talk about or something that you're interested in, let us know. Yeah, if you hate something, please tell us because if if there's something bad that's in the podcast, we want to remove it. We want to cut that that fat out. But I think another another really important thing that we want to do as a podcast is we want to do more 
Twitch streaming. We we've kind of teased it. We've only done one, maybe two. If I if I think we did maybe a random fight night one, but it really was just the Monster Hunter episode and uh, or uh, not episode, but night of streaming. So we do mm-hmm. want to do more streaming as a podcast, and that will become easier once. I think once Garrett's situation is figured out and he's got more space available, because that's probably the place where we're going to have to do it uh, if we're going to all be in person. But if we're all remote, yeah. that's fine as well. We just have to make time to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, we, we've got the equipment. We have the capability. It's just about making the time. And so it's something that we talk about a whole lot. And we're at the point where it's like we're either going to stop talking about it or we're going to do it. And, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather do it. Are, are pretty motivated yeah. to do it because it's easy. You just well. It's not easy. It's not easy. You have to click and then you have to be interacting and doing stuff. But also, you know, we want to have fun and we want to include some of the community too in there. You know, if they want to play games with us or you want to chat with us or see what we're doing, just um, be able to make more content as we, you know, kind of still figure this thing out. I mean, who knows? Maybe at some point we'll have a video component, you know, way down the road. But Right now, audio, um, and we have kind of these next steps and things that we want to talk about and things that we want to do. So I'm excited for the next year. You don't want to see the messy bookshelf that's behind my (laughs) my head right now. Scattered hero clicks and magic decks and comics and movies. And those gray figures are those uh, Marvel... uh, That is is my entire backlog of Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures. I I thought so. (laughs) That is slowly growing, but I'm chipping away at it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think that we, we want to promise eventually that we will be either streaming more or we will just stop talking about it like Garrett said but yeah <laughs> let's hope we're going to be streaming more uh and the last promise i'll make you for next year is we will have more great guests on you know we had a couple this year we had daniel we had uh chip is upcoming you probably won't hear him until next year and we had the ultra 64 guys we're hoping we're going to have even more next year so um mostly you'll hear from the three of us dumbos but uh, occasionally you will get another great guest yeah all of our guest experiences have been totally awesome it's been so fun to have different perspectives on the show too and people with different things to talk about like getting to talk about like wing commander with daniel that was super cool because that's something i know very little about but um man that's the one i missed i wasn't here <laughs> i know right <laughs> we could have talked about so much wing commander next time well <laughs> we'll see if we can get him on again yeah who knows what's uh what's going to emerge just naturally as we progress but you know we're still new to this it's been less than a year since we've released our first episode so this is the end of 2021 but it isn't the end of our first year as a podcast we're going to keep growing and we're going to uh we're going to have some fun things in store i think but for now um i think that wraps up our year-end review of 2021 do either of you want to talk about the beer that you drank tonight at all nah yeah (laughs) i I'm a slow drinker, and this was a tall can. This was a whole pint. Um, so I'm only just finishing my uh, my Black Boar uh, Porter. Um, it was great. Still great. So so go back to that episode if you want to know what he's talking about. It's uh, Let's see here. It is episode one, two, three, four, five. Episode five. Wow, <laughs> uh, early. If, if you want to know what, what Nick thinks about the Black Boar Porter. But... Um, I will say um, the Bad Santa was really tasty. I like that a lot, but not as tasty as the uh, Filament Winter IPA that I had by Ecliptic. So if you can find that, go check it out. It's really tasty. I'll look for it. I had a Christmas IPA from Goose Island recently that was really excellent. I had beers and they were good. (laughs) Great. 
<laughs> and they were good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode of the Co-Ops Podcast. So from all three of us, I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and happy holidays. Whatever holiday you support, hopefully it's great. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and hopefully furthermore on Twitch at Co-Ops Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email with a comment or a question or something you want right on the show, please do so at co-opspodcast at gmail.com. Be warned, whatever you send us may get read unless you tell us not to. So uh, don't send us your deepest, darkest secrets. And uh, Nick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at nprinzing and at Instagram at nicholas.prinzing. Garrett, what about you? Uh, you can find my uh, non-updated uh, <laughs> Instagram and my recent Twitter failings at gmink16. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm on Twitter at Zach has no pants, Z-A-C-K, uh, the way God intended. Um, <laughs> for now, I think that's all for us for the year of 2021. I hope everyone just has a safe and fantastic holidays. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next year. Jingle, jingle.